if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And thank you so much for joining us as we get started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock here on AM 1420. The answer, it's a Thursday, the seventh morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Coming up on the program, we have a couple of very good guests, uh, one of whom I have been looking forward to speaking with for some time. State Representative Diane Grandel is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about what Governor Mike DeWine promised to do yesterday in response to what the responsible legislators of the Ohio House of Representatives did in trying to limit the damage that Governor DeWine and Dr. Labcoat are are able to continue doing to the state of Ohio. It is simply unbelievable. So Representative Grendel will be joining us at 9.35, then at 10.10. It's Thursday, so you know that means it's Dr. Everett Piper time, and we'll be, we'll be looking forward to talking to him about So he brings such a great... Um, Ability to analyze and to kind of really condense and crystallize what is going on uh, in this country right now with respect to the pandemic, its responses, and more. So Dr. Piper will be at 1010 today. So before, between, or after those guests, that's when I'll welcome you to the program at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either number gets you here. If you can't get through and we just don't have time, or you can't wait on hold, or whatever the case might be, you may message me on social media at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. That's all one word, no spaces, and no underscores. So, let's dive into it. There's so much to get into. I've got enough material for about an eight-hour show right now. we got to try to jam it into two, so we'll do our level best here. Uh, but let's get into it. Yesterday, a bill was passed. SB1 was passed by the, by the Ohio House of Representatives. The bill would have restricted Dr. Labcoat's powers, among other things. I, I, don't want it to, I don't want to make it sound like it was solely and specifically just to limit the powers of Amy Acton, but to correct an obvious wrong in the Ohio Revised Code. In the Ohio Revised Code, Section 3701.13, the 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 uh, Depart- uh, director of health, the director of the Ohio Health Department, does indeed have an outsized amount of power when it comes to dealing with pandemics in states of emergency. Once a state of emergency has been declared, and we understand that, 
But that's a problem. That's a major problem. Uh, the reason it's a problem, of course, is this one individual um, is on a power trip and is using that power to completely move the goalposts and change the original orders that she put forth to stop us from overwhelming the healthcare system with COVID-19 patients. In order to stop that, we need to have 15 days of self-isolation or stay-at-home orders. And then we know what happened. We flattened the curve, and she said, still not flat enough. Let's do it for another 30 days. Then we crushed the curve. People are uh, unemployed in our... in um, not just in the state of Ohio, but I mean in terms of our healthcare system. People are being laid off because there's no patients for them to see. Our hospitals are empty. And then what? Ah, we're going to do it for another month anyway. It's clear that she has far too much power in this situation. And it's also clear that we need to do something about it. So this is what the order was. This is what the, the bill said yesterday, as introduced to the 133rd General Assembly yesterday. The bill would amend sections, and I'm going to skip all of them. There are about seven or eight sections here, but most importantly is 3701.13. And to enact section 107.22 of the revised code to limit the authority of the governor and the Department of Health to issue orders regarding contagious and infectious diseases, to prohibit any order from affecting the conduct of an election, to designate its provisions as the Need Ohio Working Now Act, and to declare... An emergency. Section 161.09 would read. uh, Hold on, let me actually back up. Section 107.22. Any special or standing order of the governor for preventing the spread of contagious or infectious diseases is advisory only. Advisory, meaning we're giving you some advice. We hope you follow it. It is not something that can be backed up by threat of imprisonment or fine. So uh, to prevent the spread of contagious and infectious diseases is advisory only and has no legal effect unless approved by not Dr. Labcoat, not Governor uh, uh, No Spine, but by the General Assembly, the Ohio State Legislature. In the event of an emergency resulting from enemy attack, the governor, the governor's successor, interim successor shall... Uh, after determining that the public interest requires postpones any state or local election, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is Section 16109 involving the, the governor's unprecedented move of canceling the Ohio primary election back on March 17th. Ah, now we get to the meat of the story here, or the bill. Section 3701.13, on the approval of the General Assembly, the Department of Health, um, may supervise matters relating to the preservation of the life and health of the people and of quarantine and isolation declare and enforce when neither exists or excuse me declare and enforce quarantine or isolation when neither exists and may modify relax or abolish quarantine or isolation when either has been established the department may approve methods of immunization against the disease specified in section blah 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 of the ohio revised code for the purpose of carrying out the provisions of that section and take such actions as are necessary to encourage vaccination against these diseases. So, yes, vaccination is going to be discussed. That is an issue. All right, let me let me kind of pull away from the actual legalese of the bill and give you a bit of a summary of it, um, as written by Representative Nino Vitale. State Representative Vitale was on this program last week talking about a bill, and I was begging him. Quite frankly, now he was ahead of me, or, or right there with me anyway, so don't worry about it. I'm working on it. But there's not a whole lot we can do when 
it's very likely that anything we pass that would limit the governor's power or the state health director's power would be vetoed by the governor. But he said we are working on it. True to his word, State Representative Nino Vitale was one of those spearheading this that got passed yesterday in the Ohio House. And this is his description of kind of what I just gave you the the legal terminology for in the actual language of the bill. He says this, the second bill has passed restricting Dr. Acton's powers. While I consider it an imperfect solution, it takes 50 people to pass a bill, and the art of negotiation is at work. Many members want to do nothing. Nothing is unacceptable. So what was passed? Any future orders by Dr. Acton will last only 14 days and will expire unless the order is approved by the Ohio House and Senate Rules Committee called JCRR. JCRR is made up of a group of Democrats and Republicans from both the House and the Senate. I've included a link below if you wish to learn more about the JCRR. This is, again, written by Representative Italia on his Facebook page. The House has taken a firm stand by limiting all future orders and requiring elected representatives to be able to deny those orders. This is called representative government, not fiat by a global health professor. He pulls no punches. I love this about Representative Natale. Sadly, he writes... The Democrats all gave speeches against this bill, refusing to limit or control these orders in any way. Apparently, Democrats do not believe in representative government and like rule by one individual. I don't like dictatorships. I'm pleased with this step and want more and hope we can have votes by the entire House and Senate. This is a big step and will put a check on the power of Dr. Acton. Enough is enough. If we are going to put such broad sweeping measures in place, all members of the House and Senate should represent you and end the rule of one elected person. Excuse me, one unelected person on all of Ohio. And of course, he is speaking of Acton, who is not an elected official. So all of this is very well and good. And this is a positive step until yesterday afternoon, almost immediately after the bill was passed by the House, the Ohio House. Governor Mike DeWine issues a public statement saying he will veto it. He apparently doesn't agree with representative government either. He believes that dictatorships are the way to go. He believes that having all of the power to establish Ohio policy as it pertains to businesses being opened, employees working, people moving freely, schools being in session, He believes that all of that power should rest with one person, Dr. Labcoat, the mumbling Labcoat, Amy Acton. Now, he'll say, no, actually, she's not the elected official. I am. I'm making all the calls here. He's full of it because Amy Acton is the one writing the orders. Her name is at the beginning of the order, and her signature is at the end of the order. Now, if he is telling her what to write, and she is completely spineless and is just a puppet, okay, fine. Then Mike DeWine still believes in dictatorship. He still believes in one person having all the power. That one person would be him instead of Acton. Either way, they do not believe in representative government. Because you are represented by state reps and senators. We send them to Columbus to act in our best interest. We don't send them to Columbus to be parts of a peanut gallery that just, that just sit there and listen to the dictator of Ohio tell them what we're doing. But that is exactly what Mike DeWine has become. A flat-out dictator. 
Or, again, depending on how you view it, he has allowed Amy Acton, the unelected health director, and apparently the only doctor in the state of Ohio whose opinion matters, to become dictators. Mike DeWine blasted the vote yesterday, saying his fellow Republicans should be focused on increasing coronavirus testing, dealing with a $775 million budget deficit, and reopening the economy. Hey, Mike! The $775 million budget deficit is yours. You understand? You made the moves that shut down the economy. You are the reason the state isn't collecting any taxes. Because people are out of work. Another $3 million nationally, by the way, announced today, filing for unemployment. Putting the number at around $33, $34 million, And well over a million Ohioans. You're responsible for it. Reopening the economy, this is exactly what this bill would have done. This is exactly what the bill was intended to do, was to stop you from keeping the economy shut down. On the advice of one unelected lab coat. Creating uncertainty, said DeWine, regarding public health and employee safety is the last thing we need. Are you kidding me? Uncertainty is your middle name. You have everybody scared, blankless, terrified of coming out of their homes, terrified of going back to work, and you're denying those who aren't terrified of going back to work from doing so. The last thing we need, he said, is we work to restore consumer confidence in Ohio's economy. DeWine spokesman Dan Tierney said the governor would veto the measure and one that reduced penalties for violating the stay-at-home order if they made it to his desk. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Mike DeWine, the man with two faces, the man who is willing to stand at a podium every day at 2 o'clock and lie to the the Ohio uh, citizens, told us that there were no penalties anymore. That the stay-home orders given by Dr. Acton were replaced by the stay-safe Ohio orders. And that the the stay-home orders, which contained the penalties of 90 days in jail and a $1,000 fine, I think it was a $1,000, $1,000 fine, or no, $750, $750 fine, I think it was. Anyway, he said those were null and void now because it's now the stay-safe Ohio Act. Why is Dan Tierney the spokesman for the governor, threatening people with those penalties if they violate the order that we are told is not an order anymore. Dr. Acton and Mike DeWine are drunk. They are drunk on their own power. There is no other way to say it. They were given an opportunity by the Ohio House yesterday to to bring in some other people to bring in the voices of the Ohio State Assembly, the legislature, the representatives of the people, to bring them in and counsel on the best way to move forward. They said, you stay the hell on the sidelines. We will run this show the way we want. It's a dictatorship. You no longer live in a free state. Not overstating that. I am not being hyperbolic. We no longer live in a free state. 
If he vetoes that bill, if it gets through the Ohio Senate as well as the House, and he does veto it, you will know we are no longer a free state. We are living in a dictatorship. And we will pay the price for it for not years, for decades to come. Believe it or not, I'm not done. I've got more. But we're going to hear from Diane Grandel, a state representative. She'll join us at 935. And I, of course, want to hear from you. 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. Okay, 926 now. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. If you think everything that I just said to you about Ohio being a dictatorship is frightening enough, um, you haven't heard anything yet. Wait until Mike DeWine begins to adopt the Ventura, California model for contact tracing. Now, I want you to listen to this, and I want you to listen carefully as this California official outlines an end to virtually every constitutional right to privacy that you could ever imagine and wonder when this is coming to Ohio. Um, We are beginning a program today which will certainly grow into something larger and larger, and that is a community contact tracing program. We've done contact tracing all along. That a contact is a person who's been exposed to someone that we document to have the COVID infection. When we find someone who has a COVID infection, those people are immediately isolated. But we also work with them to figure out who their contacts were. Uh, But the purpose of this program is to bring on people. We may bring on up to 50 or even more as the program grows and as we see the needs for it. As we do more testing, we will find more and more people who have COVID-19. And again, we'll isolate every one of them and we will find every one of their contacts and we will make sure that they stay quarantined and we'll check in with them every day. We're going to do a more complete job and we're going to do a more meticulous job. I'm going to pause this there just to let you soak that part in. If you have COVID, we are going to assign people to you who are going to monitor you to ensure that, A, you stay put, and we're going to check on you every day. In other words, guards. They're going to assign guards to ensure that you don't leave your cell, number one. Number two, we're going to hire people to check into all of your contacts, all of the people that you may have come into contact with. In other words, an extraordinary invasion of your privacy. When you have committed no crimes and no a probable cause of crimes exist, but we are going to violate your Fourth Amendment rights against search and seizure, illegal and unconstitutional search and seizure, by checking into your private life to see where you are, where you go, who you see, and then we're going to look into them and their lives and who they see. This is called contact tracing, but we're not even there yet. Listen. Of making it less and less possible for others in the county to run into someone with COVID-19 infection. It's not just our county. There are going to be 
thousands of, of people hired who will be these contact investigators throughout the state. You are going to be investigated, even though you have committed no crime. If you are deemed to have COVID-19, you are going to have every avenue of your life travel down and back again so that they can see who you see and then crawl up their behinds with a microscope. And this is occurring in many, many other states as well, perhaps all of the states in our country. Um, We will be giving intensive training to these people, identifying and finding contacts. Some of the people we find are going to have trouble being isolated. For instance, if they live in a home where there's only one bathroom and there are three or four other people living there and those people don't have COVID infection, we're not going to be able to keep the person in that home. Every person who we're isolating, for instance, needs to have uh, their own bathroom. And so we'll be moving people like this into other kinds of housing that we have available. All right, I just want you to chew on that through the news. If you have somebody in your home that has COVID-19 and you have only one bathroom, that person will be kidnapped by the state. That person will be forcibly removed from their home and housed, Lord only knows where, in a place where they can't infect other people. If you find this even remotely constitutional, you're in the wrong country. And if you find this absolutely terrifying, then join the crowd and do something to fight back against it. Because if you think that's stopping in California, and Dr. Labcoat and Governor Dictator aren't going to do the same thing in Ohio, then you haven't been listening to them. Back after the news. Nine thirty-seven. Now we continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer coming up at ten ten. We're going to talk to uh, Doctor Everett Piper as we always do on Thursdays. He will have his own unique insights into what is going on nationally, but we're staying focused on the state of Ohio right now. And uh, yesterday's vote by the state, um, uh, the uh, Ohio House of Representatives, to limit the powers of Doctor Amy Acton, not specifically Doctor Amy Acton, but to any health director, and uh, require any order that is given to be advisory only and to end in 14 days unless approved by the Ohio State Assembly, which is exactly the General Assembly, which is exactly what should happen. If uh, you believe in a representative government, you have our representatives having a say in it. Apparently, Mike DeWine does not. He promised to veto that bill if it got through the Senate as well. Joining us now to talk about that and a bill that she has sponsored herself is State Representative Diane Grendel from Chesterland and Geauga County. Uh, Representative Grendel, good to talk to you. How are you this morning? I am really feeling well. It's a pleasure to be on your show. It's good to have you. Thank you so much. Before we talk about your bill, about uh, accurate statistics and detailed, timely statistics uh, in the reporting on the coronavirus and uh, patients and cases in the state of Ohio, uh, what was your reaction yesterday to the two things, the passage of the bill and then the immediate statement by Mike DeWine saying he would veto it? I wasn't surprised, but we need to have a balance in government. You can't let one person dictate everything for the whole state. And this isn't just, this doesn't just take away powers. You know, it's not taking away a power. It's trying to get the House or the Senate, who we represent, what, over 125,000 people each, 
to have our say in what is going on in the government. We're, we represent the people. Otherwise, why do we go to work if some one person is going to make all the decisions, especially such dramatic decisions that are causing severe problems for our economy? That is exactly right. You know, it's it would be bad enough if one person kind of ruled with an iron fist in a dictatorial type of regime to decide what day trash day is going to be in every community. It's not your place to make up that. You know what? Let representatives deal with their own particular uh, uh, districts in Ohio. But when you are allowing one person to make the decision on when people can go to work, when businesses can be open, uh, on how many people are going to be unemployed in the state of Ohio, on this massive $775 million budget shortfall and the cuts that just had to be made, this doggone well better involve the entirety of government. I mean, it, it still works on the state level. Does it not, Representative Grendel, the way that it does on the federal? Three separate co-equal branches of government, not one uh, branch that is, uh, that is dictating to everybody what must be done? Right, and, and we, in all forms of government, federal and state, we have the three branches. We need that check and balance. That's ex- and that's exactly what he's denying you. This bill yesterday basically said, look, you, the representatives of the people should have a say here. Let me ask you this. Do, do you think that Governor DeWine is really calling the shots here and that Amy Acton is putting her name on the orders that the governor is giving? Or are these Dr. Acton's orders and the governor is just uh, you know rubber stamping them? Well, I, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but I certainly am concerned about it. When we have a 99% recovery rate of a disease where more people die of the regular flu and we don't shut down for the regular flu and don't close our schools, but, but we have all of our businesses closed now or they're starting to reopen, but all these controls over everything for something that we have never done for any other disease, just, just if I may, just yeah. give you uh, some facts. We have 320 people die on any given day in Ohio. 117,000 a year die. Only 1% of the cases are coronavirus. And We're that's... not closing down the state for all these other issues, all these other diseases. I was going to say, uh, Representative Grandel, and that's if you trust the 1%, because, you know, we have already heard uh, 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 guidance given by Dr. Burks at the federal level that uh, we are counting anybody that we suspect had COVID, we're counting them as COVID deaths. So that 1% might even be inflated a little bit. Yes, it might. But, you know, they did based it on modeling, and the modeling proved faulty. So you have a choice, then, to adjust and to figure out what to do and what works, not keep them changing the goalposts, which is what has happened here. Now it's to protect the most vulnerable. Before, it was to protect the hospitals and the, the staff and to, with the overwhelming of the $10,000 or 10,000 uh, people a day that were supposed to die. We don't have that. So we need to adjust and change that. We have harmed our hospitals. Uh, with closing down all the other facilities and opening them up, which they furloughed nurses and doctors, and they closed different sections of the hospital for this. So it was a, a premise I can see how they were concerned initially. But now, you know, we need to adjust and see what's appropriate. 
25, 29% are the people in prison. Almost 30, 35% when you add on nursing homes and hospitals, or nursing homes and mental institutions. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to adjust and see what works. Yeah, the, the 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 part that's frustrating is just that, Representative Grendel, that they're not adjusting. Um, she is still giving orders as if her original model predictions were still po- potentially going to come to fruition. You know, they told us we just need to make sure that the hospitals were not overwhelmed with COVID patients, so let's all stay put for 15 days. That's all they said, 15 days. Then we did it. And then he said, yeah, well, you know, it could still happen. Let's stay in place for another 30 days. And we did that through the end of April. And then what do we get? Well, you know what? They keep moving the goalposts. The curve is flat and the hospitals are empty. The healthcare workers are laid off. There's nothing for them to do. There's no patients for them to see. And yet we're still forced to keep our businesses closed and to keep ourselves imprisoned in our own homes. Why do they keep getting away with moving the goalposts? That's the most frustrating thing, I'm sure, for you as a representative and obviously for all of us as constituents. That's why we passed the, the bill yesterday, trying to make it so we have a say in it. And that's why I wrote my letter to the governor, which I believe you have a copy of. I do, and, and we'll get to that in one second. To the bill yesterday that was passed that he promised to veto, given the promise of a veto, do you think it will go through the Senate? Will they even take it up? Uh, they don't seem to be um, in, a, in a hurry to to help support this issue in any way. They seem why, to be very aligned with the governor. Yeah, and why do you think that is? <laughs> I have some theories, but I don't have any any uh, clear indication from people why that is. I'll, I would even settle for theories at this point, because, you know, it's a Republican state, it's a Republican governor, I mean, Republican General Assembly, I should say, and it's a Republican governor, and I understand there is party loyalty in some cases, and we don't want to go against our elected official. I, I, I get that to a certain extent, but for goodness sakes, I, I can tell you this. Uh, there, there are millions of us in the state of Ohio who are done with this, and if anybody obstructs our ability to be free again, rather than living in Mike DeWine's dictatorship, uh, that individual is going to be in some serious trouble come, when it comes time for the next re-election. Although maybe that speaks for itself, since many of them are term-limited and don't have to face the voters again. Uh, that might have something some to do are, with it. Some are also looking for positions. Uh, do you, uh, in, in, in the DeWine administration, you mean? Well, yes, in government. In government, yep, and so they don't want to cross the governor. Uh, let's talk a little bit, oh, well, two things. Uh, let's talk about your letter and, and I guess, the bill uh, that you had written, too. I was just reading it uh, on your Facebook page um, as you end uh, a link to uh, uh, a Record Courier article about it, about your, your bill to demand uh, transparency and accuracy and full detailed reporting on um, uh, the the number of people who are sick in the state, the number of people who die in the state, the number of people who recover in the state. There's so many things missing from the daily reports. Tell us about that, Bill. Well, well, first of all, if you only get one side of the facts, and I'm since I'm a judge or was a judge, I was, facts are very important to me. So yeah. if you only get one side, that's really called propaganda. You need both sides. You always need both sides if you're to make a decision. How can you make any decision if you don't know? Now, how can the, the little lady in, in her house, terrified now because of this disease, uh, you know, thinking that she's going to die if she steps out of her house, you know, when uh, 99, she has a 99% chance of, of survive, survivability? So. Well, 
Uh, well, you, you know, you're you're right, and 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 that you know, fear. I talked uh, yesterday's entire program was uh, was almost dedicated to the fear because this is how what they're they're using. They're using fear to scare people into agreeing with anything that they say, and that's a dangerous, you know, starting point. If people if you scare people into accepting to accepting whatever they're told, um, you know, what are they going to accept the next time around? As long as you can sufficiently scare them into thinking that this disease is deadlier than it is, and that more people aren't recovering, which is kind of what you're pointing out that they're not saying uh, and that they have a 99.3% uh, a chance of recovering if they do uh, get this disease, no matter what age they are. Uh, then, no matter what age. You know, that's right, no matter what age, because you know, they're scaring the bejesus out of those seniors. And I understand it's a little bit more risky for the seniors and people with compromised immune systems and, and underlying health conditions, as you say. But even with, with that population, the, the chances of, of you know a fatality are still extraordinarily low. People are getting this and not knowing it, or they're recovering from it with very little problems, very few hospitalizations and even fewer deaths. And they won't report those things. When, If you look even in the prisons, uh, 95% of the Marion prison has, is asymptomatic. So, you know, they are, and they get everything. It goes through, and they've built up immunity. You know, 95% is asymptomatic. So we have to focus on the ones that we can help and the ones that are, are susceptible. And it's not children. It's not people under 50. So why penalize everybody? We have one, we have 16 counties, 16 counties that have a total of less than three deaths. We should be able to let that county go forward. We're penalizing them for no reason and causing this fear. And not they trusting use- them. Not trusting yeah. them to make up their own minds. You know, I, we talked about this yesterday with the letter that the Ashland County Commissioners wrote to the governor saying, hey, we have doctors here, too. It's our own county board of health. We, we, you know, Dr. Acton is not the only doctor in the state. We have doctors here, too, and we have zero fatalities, zero hospita- uh, hospitalizations from COVID-19, only 10 documented cases in our whole county. Why don't you let us decide who works and who's open and who isn't in our county? And the governor basically said no. That's right. Uh, Pennsylvania is opening county by county so and helping each county and treating them differently, which is one way we could handle it. You know, start with the counties that are that seem to be uh, what, healthier or are not so susceptible. So the letter you wrote on May 1st to Governor DeWine included a lot of what you and I just talked about, the 99% survivability, et cetera, and how, uh, you know, keeping people under quarantine or under this lockdown order uh, is, is just, you know, it's indefensible at this particular point. Did you get a personal response from the governor or did he ignore you? Yes, within minutes. He was, uh, he gave, I have his direct uh, email. He's been very kind that way to us. And immediately he said he's going to, uh, he's working on it. And he sent it back like within three minutes. So, but but it was essentially a response that with no response, the three minute response saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, leave us alone. I've got this." I mean, because when I see when I hear we're working on it, it's dismissing everything that you wrote and saying, "Yeah, we're working on it." Yeah. Yes, and May first it was when I sent the letter. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. And, and, you know, as you close, Ohioans that choose to return to work and live their lives without unnecessary government interference have the right to do so. The curve has been flattened. The models are wrong and hospitals have excess capacity. It's time to reopen Ohio now. And you are 100 percent correct. And his only response is we're working on it. 
it, it's it's exceedingly frustrating. I feel like we don't live in uh, the representative republic that this country is, and the state version of it either. We are living under one man, one dictator rule. He'll tell you what he's doing. He doesn't need your input from the uh, uh, from the peanut gallery, the gallery that apparently he sees our entire uh, general assembly as. I, I'm very disappointed that he did not address the the facts in the letter. Yeah. That, that's where we need to go. Speaker Householder told us in, in uh, uh, caucus, you know, he said you have two choices when you see the modeling that's wrong, you know, because you did it with a good heart, perhaps, you know, with a good heart. And and now you either <clears throat> can can change it and, and adjust or you can keep trying to change the goalpost, which is what has happened here. It is indeed. That is exactly what they're doing. Well, Representative Grendel, please keep the pressure on. Uh, please push forward if you have any way to maybe influence or move some senators. I want to get this to the point where Governor DeWine has to actually issue the veto. I want to get this thing through the Senate, and I know it might not happen, but I want to put as much pressure on as we can. Make him veto it. Make him tell the people of the state of Ohio, I know better than the entirety of the General Assembly. You will listen to me and no one else, and I want to see how the people feel about that. Representative, We Rendell. need your help, and I will continue fighting with, with everything inside of me because we've destroyed Ohio, and we need, every day we wait, we, we make it worse. We, I don't know how we're going to bring it back, how long it's going to take. People looked at the numbers in the finance committee of when yeah. we had the reception. It took us six years, and we still weren't quite back. And they say it's, this is going to be far worse. So I agree. we need everybody helping to, to change this. It's not going to be a matter of years. I think it could be a matter of a couple of decades. Honestly, we're still feeling the effects. Maybe not as bad as now, but the before we get to true, uh, fully functioning economy in the state again, could be over a decade. Uh, Representative Grindall, thank you for your fight. Please keep it up, and we'll stay in touch. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. 9.52, this is AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks again to State Representative Diane Grandel. You heard her say, we need your help. At the end of that interview, <clears throat> she's right, and we are going to help provide it, at least from a visible and vocal show of support for opening Ohio again and stopping the dictatorship that has been essentially uh, uh, implemented by Governor Mike DeWine. And that is going to happen on Saturday as we rally around Ohio. After the top of the hour, I'm going to tell you more about that. But locations in all counties. Well, I can't say all counties. I know that's the goal. And I know some counties have not uh, yet been represented. But uh, a huge number of counties in Northeast Ohio are going to participate in this as we rally around Ohio to try to get the message to Mike DeWine that we will not be ruled in such a way. We will not be... Um, oppressed in such a way we have freedom in this country or freedom in the state and we are going to fight to defend it so we'll talk about that coming up after the top of the hour let me get a call or two in here before the top though we'll go to fred in rocky river fred you're on am 1420 the answer go ahead can you hear me Uh, yes sir yes sir hey listen uh, i i listen to you a lot i really agree with you almost always uh sometimes i feel like you rant a little bit and I'm afraid you're going to lose the message or turn people off by ranting. But 
Okay, well, I'll tell you what. You know what, Fred? I, listen, I appreciate the advice, but I, I, I don't have time for, for radio lectures. Thanks for the call. Uh, let me go to Vince in Westlake. I've been doing this for a long time. If you want to find somebody who rants a little bit less, by all means, go seek that person out. Uh, but we're going to do it this way, the way we do it. Uh, Vince, go ahead, sir. Bob, not to that note, please, brother, don't stop ranting. Please don't stop raving. Please don't stop carrying the voice. Okay, well, well, you know what? It, just, just real quick, because I don't want to give that too much time, or, or, or. Um, uh, uh, no, and I don't, I don't wanna, either. Yeah, no. But, but I do want to say this: When is the last time something got done by whispering? Uh, because I don't exactly. think, especially when you're talking about somebody who is implementing a dictatorship, whispering is not going to get it done. They need to hear us. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Vince. Well, and that goes right to the reason for my call. Um, I heard that piece a little bit earlier, a few minutes ago, about the California Ventura County. I think you said it was. Yes, sir. Contact. <laughs> That's that's frightening. That is absolutely frightening. I mean, that's Nazi, you know, Nazi Germany. That's uh, you, you take your pick. And 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 how, where are our representatives that are standing by and letting this happen? God bless Diane Grendel for getting on here and wanting to fight the fight. But why is every single representative in the House and and nationally, for that matter, not standing up and saying this is illegal? This is absolutely well. Nobody's going to say it here yet. Yeah, Vince. Nobody's going to say it here yet, Diane or anybody else, because it isn't here yet. It's in Ventura County. But what that gentleman said that I played the clip from is true when he said this is going to be in other counties and it's going to be in other states. And you better believe that somebody like Dewine, who is so power drunk on on these kinds of things, will indeed look to adopt these things. And when it does threaten to come to the state of Ohio, then I would imagine all of the representatives you're talking about will stand up and be heard. And and then uh, yeah, and then. He wants to too, and okay. Let's go back to what is here right now. What is here right now is a vote that happened yesterday, yes. and he come out immediately and said that. I mean, how how does he get away with that? That's all I got to say, Bob. I'll let you answer. Well, you know, that's that's the that's the vicious circle we're in. How does he get away with it? Because the the state uh, law, the Ohio Revised Code, gives him that power, which is why we're trying to change this the Ohio Revised Code to take that power away. But we can't because he has that power. It's a vicious circle. And we're all going crazy. Thanks for the call, Vince. Back after the news.